Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Yeah, they lost two one-run games in this series. They also had the five-to-nothing win. Um, you know, overall, uh, what three and three on the homestand. I know it leaves you a sour taste in your mouth, especially the way that that pitching pitched. But like, I'm not going to overreact about a 500 homestand right now when the Mariners just aren't playing. Uh, you know, both sides of the ball, the offense and the defense at, at a peak level right now. The, the, they've just had a hard time of really getting hot, especially on the offensive end. And we, we saw it here um, against Texas where we had uh, a chance to win every single one of these games provided by the pitching staff. We only got one of them. Tough pill to swallow. Oh, talk to me about this. Yeah, it was really nice to see how well the Mariners did indeed pitch. I mean, Texas has been uh, quite good at scoring runs this year, averaging six runs a game. Um, They only scored a total of six runs in three games. So that's an average, you know, that the Mariners brought down their average from six to two runs a game. So you got to be pretty happy with that with the uh, Mariner pitching staff. Um, There's not much more you can ask for other than, you know, some timely base hits to help you win those games. But Really nice pitching by the Mariners pitching staff this series. I mean, even going back to game one, you know, that I think if I had to pick one of the games, obviously in the series, maybe out of this entire homestand, like, oh, just really disappointed me. It's the game on Monday that Logan went out there, you know, and spinned us a gem, taking a a perfect game, you know, into the seventh inning. Yeah, I know it's only two times through the lineup, but that's hard to do in the major leagues. You know, he goes out there, he get, he gives up two runs that inning. And, you know, at that point in the game, the Mariners, what, how many, how many hits did they have? They had Ty, Ty France's home run. And I mean, in that entire game, you know, the Mariners got, let's see, one, two, four hits. And two of those were by Caballero. And one was the Ty France home run and one was a Tay Oscar Hernandez, you know, like soft blooper over the uh, second baseman's head. I mean, that was, that was a, that was a terrible performance by the Mariners bats. They had 13 strikeouts in that game, but let's also got to give credit where credit's due. The Texas pitching staff was pretty dang good. This, uh, homestand and with their offense that's able to score runs and get timely hittings it looks like they have enough pitching to really sustain what's going on 
Yeah, as long as they stay healthy, you know, we've talked about DeGrom being out and on the uh, DL. Um, hopefully he's not out too long, but I'm still a little concerned with the Texas bullpen. We saw a little bit of that in game three um, where the M's, you know, crawled back into it when uh, it looked like they were out of it. But, uh, yeah, you got to give it to the Mariners pitchers, uh, Kirby, um, Logan, like you mentioned, and even Castillo didn't have his best stuff, but, I mean, he went five innings and struck out nine. That's pretty good, not having your best stuff. And, uh, you know, a couple bleeders through and a couple good hits and, you know, the home run by Simeon. And, you know, that's three runs. And if you're not scoring that much, it's going to be hard to be hard to uh, compete in that game. Yeah. I mean, game two was a perfect game, you know, as far as what you'd want to see. You got the five runs. Yeah, the six hits aren't aren't as, you know, as many as, as hits as you want. But look, you only had nine strikeouts in that game. I know that's a, you know four, only four less than the game prior. But still, <laughs> this is with only you know twenty four outs. So the the swing and miss ratio wasn't so bad in this game. Yeah, you did have um, Julio, you know, getting the hat trick with three strikeouts in this game. But this is prior to when there's a change, which we'll talk about if you missed the last. If you missed the third game, like the offense in this game is Murphy. Somebody who's not in the lineup every day, happy to see it. Haggerty gets the other hit. That's half your hits right there, Tom Murphy and Haggerty, you know. And, of course, Ty France. I know if you're listening to this, you're like, hey, now hold on a second, Ty France. He's a, he's he's turning it around. His batting average is back up to 270. We've seen him go yard. We've seen him knock in runs. He's on an eight-game winning streak, but eight-game hitting streak, I should say. But the rest of this offense just isn't going. And you and today was really the not being able to put the timely hitting in. Or game three was really about not being able to get the timely hit. But also they had 11 strikeouts. So that so they had 13 strikeouts, and they had nine strikeouts, and they had 11 strikeouts, meaning they struck out 33 times in this series uh it's a lot what are you seeing out of the offense here that's well in game three like you, in game three like you mentioned um it was also quite interesting to see how the m's did shake up their lineup uh, moving jp into the leadoff spot he did you know quite well that game uh Kalnick came through a nice hustle triple there to get him mm-hmm. within one um Julio and Teoscar are just kind of struggling right now. You know, it's it sounds good when you have them hitting six and seven in the lineup. I mean, it makes you think, oh, this lineup's pretty deep, but they're just, you know, not seeing the ball that well right now or what have you. So um, just need to get everybody going again a little bit more together instead of kind of the Kelnick and JP, you know, kind of carrying them throughout this yeah. homestand anti-France, like you mentioned. You know, after finishing this series, you have three players in the top 10 in baseball with strikeouts. And I think you can figure out who it is. It's Suarez. It's Julio. And Teoscar Hernandez is one strikeout away from, uh, I think Matt Olson has the most strikeouts. And Teoscar is like one behind him. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're right. K. K. Oscar, who I'm a little bit unfamiliar with. I didn't know he's such a streaky player. Maybe it might just be this year. Um, But he's been hot and cold, nothing in between. And he is nowhere near this um, 
strikeout range to start the season. So it's an incredible feat that he's on right now. But uh, hopefully, um, like I mentioned, uh, he's kind of hot and cold in, in both of it, both of both of those scenarios throughout the uh, beginning of the first 40 games this year. Yeah, it's it's a lot. I mean, these multi multi strikeout games are there's too many of them. Yeah, and I get pitching's good. Um, you know, as a fan, you just hope that they swing up, you know, actual strikes. And we've seen Julio chase a little bit, Teoscar chase, especially uh, you know, as the pitcher nibbles away on that um, away slider and stuff. You know, it's kind of the bread and butter against those two so far. But uh, yeah, pitching's hard. But um, you know, I got I got faith in the both all those guys to get it going here soon. Well, it's good to hear from you. Uh, you know, the, the Mariners did strike out 33 times here in this uh, series against the Rangers, but the Rangers actually struck out more. You know, the oh, Rangers really? struck out 38 times in this series and only walked twice. So our pitching staff struck out 38 and only walked two, and you're walking out of a three-game series only picking up one win. I mean, that hurts. Yeah, it sure does. I mean, you felt good after that Houston series. Um, yeah, the Mariners could have easily won this series, but that's the way it goes. Um, you know, they're still really within closeness of uh, Texas. What are they, four and a half yeah. games behind them? Yeah. But, and, you know, Texas, uh, you know, the Rangers, um, you know, it seems like they – of course, they're the team that jumps out in front here. But right now, they seem to have the best balance. They have just enough pitching to get them through that. They have a great guy coming in there at the end, Will Smith. I mean, I think he struck out five Mariners in a row of the six, five of the six that he faced in in this series. I mean, we didn't get in there after their bullpen much. Um you know, and and the other thing is, you got to remember this offense that that he, Texas has. They're doing this without Corey Seager. Good point. Right? Yeah, he's been. Right now, uh, you know. Yeah. And so, I mean, their offense, you would assume, is going to step it up. You know, we on the other hand, like, who do we have from the outside to bring back? Dylan Moore. So, it it is a problem that needs to be fixed with the guys that are there in the lineup. We've gone over and over and over and dwelled on what Jerry didn't get in the off season. So we'll just spare you that for right now. Um, you know, we're still only 38 games in. You're starting to see the bullpen, you know, return to form. It's different names, but the same results. Um, you know, Munoz looks like he's still not going to be back for a while. Um, it seems like there's the last report I heard today was there was some inflammation in there. So it doesn't seem like he's going to be back for another month or so. You've had, uh, same thing. You've had the injuries with Sadler, um, too, but look, look at the, uh, guys that we've brought up, you know, the Spires, the Topas, uh, Wanton. We talked about a little bit about this last, uh, last episode, but you know, there, if there's one person in the bullpen that seems to like that's out there, that seems a bit shaky uh, it right now is, is brash. 
you know, it's either you, you get the best of brash or, or you get the just off a bit brash that seems to be devastating. Yeah, and by devastating, you mean gets you in trouble in games, gets runners on, gets runners in scoring position, yeah. and gets runners scored. Yeah, no doubt. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He's I think scary there, at times. He is, uh, and I think there's a stat uh, you and I were talking about earlier today, where uh, Brash uh, is when the ball is hit in play, the opposition is hitting five thirty one, but. I know that sounds like whoa, that's 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 high. That is high. That means half the over half the time the ball's hitting in play. It's a hit. But he also has a strikeout, forty four percent strikeout. So when he does get that strikeout, that's when he obviously he's on, right? You know when he does get those strikeouts. Uh, we have seen in two instances. I will give him the benefit of the doubt, but also going, hey, it, it is what it is. That's baseball. You had the play in that uh, Teoscar should have maybe had with two outs. Uh, I forgot what team that was, but we ended up losing extra inning game to them. Um, I think that was in Cleveland. And then you did have him getting screwed on that third, that strike three of getting out of the inning. Now you got to go back and not give up the home run on the next pitch, but you take those two, two instances away from him right there. You're adding two victories where it wasn't his fault. And you're taking five runs off, off of his ERA. Yeah, you're right. I mean, what do we have about 11 or 12 losses by one run or, or so? Yeah, we were um, four and 11. We were four and 11. And at this point last year, you know how everybody's like, well, we were the one run Kings. We were, we were six and five or five and six. We were, we were sitting around here. And also the Mariners are four games ahead of where they were at this point last year. And you know how bad June was for us. Yeah, so we're kind of right about the same, and that's good to know about the one-run victories. I mean, if we could have even won, you know, half more of those that we lost, you know, we're a handful of games over 500. So we're right in there. It's early still. You know, it's just Mariner baseball, chaos baseball. It's never – you know how it is. Yeah. Like, look, there's seven – there's seven and three in their last ten. If You know, there's going to be some disappointing – losses some just you know boneheaded plays when in but if you give me three or seven to ten and six and four if you can just keep putting those together out of every 10 you're going to be all right and you won't need that 14 game winning streak and i know people go well last year we had that 14 game winning streak. well we had to because i think at one point we lost 10 out of 11 <laughs> you know so we haven't we haven't gotten that bad i know that at one point, we had a what a four game losing streak, but then we just or three games losing streaks, and then we, you know, we've had the, the three and the four game winning streaks. So it it's been inconsistent, but it hasn't been lopsided, at least. Yeah, and I mean, with the way they've played, you know, being sloppy or making so many poor base running decisions that we see night in night out, it's just hard to start feeling good about them. But they are starting to play a little bit better it seems like 